Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hello, how are you doing today? And we're together to celebrate an amazing episode of Girls, one of my favorites. I mean, honestly, I completely forgot about this episode and forgot that it fell in season four. Yeah, like this is not one I remembered even a little bit, um, but found it completely delightful. It's on the shorter side for girls episodes, but like Mm -hmm. I really appreciate kind of the compact structure of it. Um, You know, I love getting some Mimi Rose time. Um, We get a lot of Mimi Rose time. I'm officially putting out a call to action to the listeners or just any enterprising girls fan who hears this, please make a fan cam. We need a Mimi Rose fan cam set to the song of your choosing, but I need it for reactions, um, just day-to-day use. So like- (laughs) You're giving out, you're giving out a genius free idea and I think we need to do it. And I think we need to use it for our promotion purposes let's actually don't steal that idea okay we, don't honestly, steal <laughs> by the time you're hearing this, we may have already made it oh maybe maybe yeah i don't this... know how to do that <laughs> i don't really either that's the thing like i mean we if need a tiktok intern we are um launching some tiktoks recently but as if you couldn't tell julia and i are not necessarily cinematographers we're not videographers we're, <laughs> we're also doing... not gen z but yeah we're being like just on the wrong side of the cusp has it is the wrong side it's i'm seeing more and more yeah like i i think in many ways our lives have been all the richer but like not knowing how to edit video um not having that you know taught in high schools uh the way it is now has definitely affected my finances <laughs> something like, really embarrassing is I honestly think if I was born a little later if I was if I jumped the cusp to the gen z side I could have been really good at tiktok and I could have I could have done something with that yeah like I <laughs> I think as part of it also helps though when you are gen z and like in high school or college or like wherever you're around people who are making tiktoks constantly so like you kind of pick up those skills by osmosis it is like the digital we workspace in a way and we just <gasps> never had that like no. we had tumblr but like i would not say that tumblr was a skill building platform necessarily no. and and tumblr didn't have like like you can't make a career off tumblr i mean maybe maybe I feel like some people like writers yeah writers probably have like I think on who weekly those two met like on tumblr right and then like obviously they have a pod empire now (laughs) there are ways there are ways I just feel like the way that tiktok kids creators whatever are so I don't know, I have found this lucrative career where I know people say, oh, it's a lot of work. It doesn't seem like that much work. Like, come on. I'm just, I'm infinitely jealous of the ability to um, snap a few videos, make some brand deals and make like so yeah. much money. 
but like snapping those few videos and like piecing them together in a way that kind of makes sense to me is impossible like that's like that kind of visual language is just not something that I think I have like maybe I'm not giving them enough credit I see some pretty aesthetic tiktoks like most of my tiktok these days is it's so upsetting it's like those split screen videos where it's cartoons up top no. and then <laughs> below is like people playing like subway surfer i know that, it's so bad like that is the saddest thing to come of tiktok is the visual representation of our short attention spans yeah like, like you I can't really- even watch a clip you need something else going on you can't think, watch a five-second Family Guy clip without watching Subway Surfer. <laughs> no, it, it, it's insane. Like, like someone online wrote an article recently about the like proliferation of those videos. I don't remember who, otherwise I would credit, that but like so just good. Google it. But someone needs to do an academic paper about this because yes. the like confluence of like behavioral science and like digital media culture at play here it's like it's so upsetting like it might be the single biggest point of brain drain that is in my life right now but have I seen cumulatively like 10 seasons of South Park over the past week because of TikTok probably (laughs) you're all up to date you don't need to you don't need to revisit and that's that's what TikTok's for I suppose so if you couldn't tell by now, it is just us girls this week. Uh, we are going guestless. And since we have a shorter episode to talk about, I thought it would be fun if we kind of dive a little bit into some non-girls culture up top that we are enjoying right now. I love this. I feel like we should make it a regular. Maybe there's a way to girlsify it for guests, but we'll talk about that off yeah, mic. We can figure that out. When I was thinking about like what have I been enjoying right now, I was just faced with brain drain again. I was yeah. like, okay, Vanderpump, obviously. Obviously. I'm captivated as an OG Vanderpump viewer. Um, no, and- it, it's riveting too. Like we are recording this the night the finale is airing. So we have not seen the actual Scandaval episode yet, but I thought this most recent episode was like a psychosexual nightmare. Like Raquel. Yeah. I had a little bit of Raquel sympathy <sighs> at the beginning of the season in into the early parts of Scandaval. I was like, this is a woman who is just very lost. And I'm seeing some darker shades that it's Certainly. a little scary. Yeah. I think she's, I don't know. I, I can see her so caught up in her own world i wonder if she's on some sort of like medication that gives you blinders if that makes sense yeah Yeah, she's she's on some sort of anti-empathy drug like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know honestly some like antidepressants can give you blinders yeah i i mean i i believe it like she is just showing like a profound disregard for other people's feelings like the moment it was a it was so nice to see that tom tom has or not tom tom um no it was tom tom they were at tom tom for the dinner or whatever like the return of the alley was so nice when all three of them had that confrontation it takes a lot to get me on katie maloney's side but this episode i was like clapping for katie i mean i i was so angry for katie yeah 
when when Tom Schwartz and Raquel are kind of like laughing in her face. Yeah. Oh. And I, I thought like Katie's mom was not helping matters too. No. Like she is like clearly she very pro. Yeah. She needs to mind her own business. You need to get off of this show. You are not part of the cast. <laughs> yeah. I think she wants to be she wants to be friend of and it's, uh, <laughs> disturbing. She Terry is the new server at um well no pump clothes but like yeah she should show up at tom tom like if she she clearly loves tom schwartz that much like yeah just she, go work at tom tom there's some darkness to terry that i mm -mm. i can see the impulse as a mother to not want your daughter to get divorced when she has like sunk so much time and emotional labor into building a life with someone else mm -hmm. but i don't know how you watch from season truly season one onward of this show and think that oh tom schwartz is someone you should be married to yeah i deeply upsetting yeah. also i don't know I, you would think as a mom you would find this the way that these people act on this show um shocking but i don't know i get not all moms are the same well, I mean, Katie called Raquel the C word in front of her mom, which is something that like even if I were like 45 and I did that in front of my mom, like I would get like punted into the middle of Lake Michigan. Like there's just not a chance. Um, But to Terry, it's just another day. It's just another day. So I mean, on the topic of Vanderpump culture that I'm really uh, enjoying right now is SUP Sexy Unique Podcast yes so i guess my my answers are vanderpump themed because i've been enveloped by that podcast yes it's a essential listening for any vpr fan any bravo fan really too they have really good recaps of um real houses of beverly hills and new jersey and like other bravo adjacent shows like high society that you absolutely must check out absolutely divine um the other well speaking i guess this is also sort of bravo adjacent content because they have featured leah mcsweeney and tinsley mortimer in recent seasons but um i'm watching the other two on hbo max right now oh i yeah i love the other two perfect um they just started their third season this past week I think it's essential viewing, like far and away the funniest show that's on right now. Um, just truly thrilled and like we got to get scripted TV where we can get it these days. So. I mean, it's it is such a there's such a sense of humor that I feel like we don't get anymore. Just really yeah. irreverent, kind of silly. No, it's it's just it's so perfect. It's so insightful about the entertainment industry too and media and like I I just I can't get enough of it but it kind of is Lauren Michaels is he a producer I think so because it feels like almost 30 rockish at times yeah it's very 30 rockish and the I think the co-creators used to be the head writers at SNL too oh, okay. um I just yeah I can't get enough of it this season kind of feels like it's like gearing up to be the final season but if they made like three or four more after this like I'd be thrilled so I'd watch everyone should we get into today's episode 
or is yeah. there anything else you want to recommend? Um, honestly, no, I'm, I'm really, uh, I was looking through my, my records and was just sad at the lack. I feel like I've been, I don't yeah. know. There's, there's not a lot of good stuff out there right now. And I, I'm not one to say that. I feel like I always think that there's something out there, even though, even if it's not mainstream or top of mind, but I really am not. I'm not finding a lot of culture I like these days. And like the big show on right now that like everyone seems to be talking about succession is not something I watch. So like I'm also just mainlining a lot of garbage right now and not like, you know. I do love succession and yeah. I, I think it's been a strong season, but to recommend succession feels wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, I, odds are like if you're listening to a girls recap podcast you're already deep in the hbo hole yeah <laughs> we don't I, need I to don't, convert you yeah we, we i don't think we need to maybe next time we should co- come prepared with some some non-hbo recommendation yeah. no 100 like i there's some good music out right now but i mean you want to see that, oh yeah i went to go see caroline polachek and ethel kane last night um it was heaven on earth like just so good um i'd seen caroline before she was actually the last show i went to pre-pandemic um but this was at a venue that was five times the size of the last one um like her stage setup her choreography her vocals like they are arena level calibrated um i loved it yeah i mean i i just really that album i think is pretty close to my favorite of the year um so I, you know i'm a little biased but like her she's doing these like a- operatic vocals with like very precise hand movements of choreo like it's it's really impressive. And Ethel was great too. Ethel's set was a lot more low-key, but um it was awesome. I wish I got tickets. I feel like it it kind of the opportunity to buy came and went and I was left. I was left. Yeah. They I mean, she's doing basically one night per city too, from what I could tell. And like if you didn't get the tickets in the pre-sale, like it just good luck. But, like, buying tickets right now is just impossible. Like, I mean, we, we don't need to, like, talk about, like, the Taylor and Beyonce ticket master of it all. But, like, even, um, like, I'm trying to plan my summer festival schedule right now. And, like, even that's been kind of a... A lot. A I mean, I would love to see Beyonce, but those tickets are so, ex- like... Yeah. I just nosebleeds are like 300 400 dollars and i just can't do that yeah but like i've been seeing clips though from the show and oh it just looks so good i know (laughs) i know but i don't like maybe i'll wait for the netflix special you know like yeah i I cannot justify spending 300 or 400 dollars to sit in the last row i think if you play the game of waiting until right before the show is like and the like scalper prices deflate that much like maybe you'll get a good deal i was planning on doing that just yeah. kind of 
you might as well see yeah because as far as like her albums go for touring this would be pretty high on the list of one it just seems like such a party atmosphere in there yeah and i loved renaissance like i mean everyone loved renaissance but like it's just it's an album that i listen to i listen to at least five songs from it once a week if it's an incredible album and the stage design the choreo everything looks insane yeah or i it just it looks really special i would i would love to go oh i would too it just you know if we had uh if he had one million dollars like then it would not seem like that much money. i know the <laughs> the pod money is not rolled in so i guess we're stu- stuck at home but that listener um, countdown we should talk about our our little beyonce though hannah, yes. hannah or beth <laughs> Our little, our, our little Beyonce. It was Beyonce to me. Mm-hmm. Um. So to recap, last episode, Hannah is back in her old apartment and had a revelation that she wanted to become a teacher. Marnie and Desi got into a big fight about their relationship and their uh, she and him inspired music. Uh, Shosh bombed a cup of noodles startup interview with Jason Ritter. Uh, but they decided to go on a date um adam and adam and mimi rose have a big fight about mimi rose's secret abortion uh but they make up at the end of the episode and the episode ended with hannah walking into her new school yes i i mean again i love this episode i'm so excited it was so funny so well calibrated like this show does not always nail the transitional episodes when they're setting up different plot points and this one i thought was like perfectly done mm-hmm. seriously i mean yeah. we'll, we'll get into it but i love mimi rose howard as like the manny pixie manic pixie dream girl caricature like just the most annoying version of herself we see in this episode yeah. which I, is delicious oh it was so delicious like the gradual unmasking of her as like a closet psycho was just like heaven heaven to me um so we actually opened this episode with hannah at her new school teaching oedipus rex and i love seeing maude apatow i love maude apatow i love her too i love her and hannah's relationship as we'll see it i I mean i love to hate it as we'll see it develop but i also just love hannah as the quirky substitute like it makes so much sense yeah it really does like I get I get the adolescent regression that she is experiencing so much. Like I remember being a camp counselor and wanting to stoop down to the level of my students, but like I don't think we ever had professor or not pro- well yeah, professors and also like high school teachers who were this chummy with us. Uh, I it's suspicious. I mean, it's uh, not to bring up college humor. But do you mm-hmm. remember the cool English teacher video? I definitely have seen it, but like <laughs> most college humor videos, um, it has been at least 10 years. And For shout sure. out to ex-husband of Allison Williams, Ricky Van Veen, the founder of College Humor. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, that feels appropriate then. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it had it has been at least 10 years for me as well, but 
it immediately when I was writing down like this is the cool English teacher trope immediately in my mind we'll have to do a viewing afterwards but we must I I I don't know this chairs in a circle I love this stupid progressive school (laughs) the students are so engaged in a suspicious way I don't know yeah, these are like seminar style classes, which like, I mean, we went to a big public school, but like, I definitely mm-hmm. didn't never had anything like this. Like, that's crazy. It was so funny, though, that like, of course, Hannah would pick Maude Apatow as her favorite student because like, she she's like the bookish cool girl. Like, of course, that's the type that she's singled out. I did love her saying that Oedipus Rex is if we were updating it for the current cultural context, this is basically where the whole concept of the MILF comes from. Like Again, just the inappropriate, cool English teacher at the progressive liberal arts high school that $1,000 <laughs> a year. And like, also a very surface level reading of Oedipus. That <laughs> is also true. <laughs> like, yes, it is. Oedipus definitely is MILF culture, but I would not say it's like aspirational milf culture when fran popped up i squealed yeah i love jake lacy pre-white lotus making his hbo appearance i love him in this role also again great costume work by jen rogan his whole j crew ish like you know bargain bin j crew fit is perfect the he is dressed very similarly to how I dressed in college. Like I felt very clocked by uh, my friend's whole outfit. He and Hannah have like a meet cute in the teacher's lounge. Also like a gorgeous teacher's lounge too. Like, Yeah, I want to, I want to go to this dumb school. I know we cannot keep comparing Churchill to St. Justine. <laughs> like so gorgeous. Um, Fran cannot shake Hannah's hand because he is covered in glue he's a history teacher not an art teacher we learn he's like a utopian society teacher or something yeah again never never I haven't even seen that course in a college my ex did a comparative religion course at he went to like a similarly woo-woo frou-frou private school in LA and mm-hmm. his comparative religion class included like Rastafarianism which <laughs> looks oh. <laughs> like a valid religion but like that's you know a little like uh-huh I would let's say for what we're usually on the wall. so he asks Hannah out and then she like debriefs with Elijah who is on fire this episode so I love fun. her calling Fran and her both academics <laughs> <laughs> I I would argue that maybe neither of them is an academic. Yeah, I, I I think that's a you can be an educator without necessarily being an academic. Not to and gatekeep. No, <laughs> no, I'm not an ad- academic either. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. No, no shame in that game. But the Sobe Life Water shirt that she pulls out for the date i'm just gonna have to spoil one of our end segments that was my fit of the week it looks like the the lizards all over this shirt are like attached 
yeah they're like embroidered yeah i i was baffled by this shirt and she wants to wear it on the date with hirachi sandals oh did we say that he asks her out yeah he asks her out but she wants to wear this hideous t-shirt and elijah says yeah if you want him to think you killed your kids and live in the florida panhandle (laughs) (laughs) he is being a perfect bitch yeah perfect and like like uh, guzzling red wine the whole time too still in the net like the the like bottleneck too like it's like you aren't you have nothing going on except just like talking shit which respect i um hannah's philosophy of masturbating before a date to like alleviate some of the sexual tension and be able to think straight yeah i (laughs) her mind she's a genius i love that line it also just makes no sense no sense whatsoever like i i just want to live in her brain for like five minutes and just poke around and because that is so far off like how i would ever think about a date but what what is your pre-date strategy i mean honestly maybe a glass of wine nothing too exciting listen to music that'll pump me up put on something hot i mean honestly i take so long to get ready though so it's like a three hour endeavor but I, i i won't do that because i think that would maybe make me more anxious if i'm being honest oh 100 percent. like i like and i'm already like so manic pre-date either like i don't do the wine strategy but maybe i should like it's it's a three outfit change process for me for sure. and like i'm never sure if i'm like if i've like deodorized once i've deodorized twice like i'm sure i like show up with like five layers it's 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 grim like i mean she's shockingly easygoing about this yeah like i would never want to go on a first date with hannah because i think it would just be too much to take in at once but like yeah so maybe it is a good thing she uh trimmed the sexual tension yeah but i do think she um maybe is so sort of relaxed about it because she already goes into it knowing what she wants out of it which is to kind of dangle this innocent man in front of her ex but we'll get to that yeah she does kind of nail the first date though here like we've seen her have some really awkward small talk interactions before but like i mean her saying that she wants to be an inner city school teacher in the bronx aside (laughs) yeah she says she yeah what teaching the kids who can't be taught oh god (laughs) (sighs) yeah like annie potts and the dangerous minds tv show which was funny to like cite the tv show and not the movie (laughs) but i I, um yeah yeah, she's so not self-aware um and fran is actually fine with it and almost into it and i yeah seeing her ruin it in real time was hard hard to swallow yeah she invites him to an art show that turns out to be mimi rose's horrendous performance art show oh my it's this horrible performance art interactive shtick um so they go to the show and they're 
ask to put on these blue construction vests that say ask what does it say ask me my name yeah and that's the name of the show and i think they never really un- explain what it is which i love but i think you're supposed to adopt these different identities and tell stories of Im- imaginary yeah. people <laughs> i think like one of the examples was like um jessa asks the woman her name and then the woman is like i'm cammy and then like she's this old woman but she tells a story about texting a high schooler and like getting like shit on by a popular girl or something and jessa gets so into it like she keeps asking her follow-up questions and then when she moves to another guy he's like i can't go off script and jessa's like what do you mean script that was like one of my biggest laughs of the episode i know i love her instinctually believing people's crazy stories yeah like these yeah so funny and i also just love this theme about perception and identity in Mimi Rose's work like just kind of the most obvious I guess artistic theme to play with it just makes so much sense yeah like it is this show is very good at skewering the art world um Mm -hmm. shout out to well obviously Booth Jonathan but also Sujin's gallery (laughs) like (laughs) also does Martin still work at this gallery I, I guess not because she's in this world. Hate that. Um, <laughs> losing a gig for Desi. We truly hate to see it. Hannah picks her name as Dorcas <laughs> and Fran picks Johan, which I'm like, you two are pretty well matched for each other. Yeah, which is why it's so... Oh, God. She really could have... She could have been a girl with it all, but she chose to take Fran to Mimi Rose's art show, which of course adam is there and it all falls apart immediately they're all there too like marnie true showing up with a truly horrible um how do you describe that kind of haircut like okay if i recall correct it's it's a half up half down right it's a half up half down but it's like three parts she has two side parts two side parts and it's like like a a turf field of hair back here i don't know what you would call that but i I, my first instinct says half up half down but it's it's deeper than that it's it is that and much more than that well yeah (laughs) like i was getting in more i would just not ever not that i have enough hair to do that but like i just wouldn't think to make those kinds of shapes with my hair no, these girls are always making confusing shapes with their hair. Yeah. I wish Shosh had been there with a hair donut to like complete the effect. I was just thinking that. I wish Shosh was there with her quirky ass hairdo. I also, I love Marnie. <laughs> I mean, good good friend move on Marnie, but also just in true Marnie fashion, going up to her, it's kind of crazy you're here. And Desi... Uh, says he thinks it's beautiful that she's here and not contributing to the toxic culture of women tearing each other down awful like his like weapon weaponization of therapy speak is so ahead of its time (laughs) that's like what we're all doing these days but like modern man yeah it's just it's like moments like that where they're writing on the show really is you just like clock how ahead of the zeitgeist it was truly awful 
I felt so bad for Fran though when like Adam shows up and like confronts Hannah and gets mad and he's like I feel so used like I'm gonna leave I was like oh because I mean quickly Hannah just completely doesn't pay attention to him and acts like it's completely normal that she took her date here um yeah calls Adam the crazy one for seeing her in a crowd of 40 to 60 people (laughs) (laughs) I love very good at backhanded compliments yeah I love that spin doctor work (laughs) I screamed when Zachary Quinto showed up he is perfect as ace Mimi Rose's ex he he wears a shout out to Jen Rogan again this backwards leather baseball cap and a, has a toothbrush in his mouth like a toothpick yeah and it, you just know he smells bad like his whole essence is guy who doesn't shower correctly i how am i gonna phrase this oh god i was getting i think this is because zachary quinto is gay in real life it's just really hard not for me to see that but like zachary quinto it was giving me like bushwick gay (sighs) they don't smell good either no they don't (laughs) i was at the caroline pool check show last night i know i know Uh, all about this uh subtype you don't have to live in bushwick to be a bushwick gay um amen the vibe ace's vibe is rancid <laughs> he's like skipping in the street and like he yells out of a taxi um let's nyc taxi it to the party bro <laughs> what is that rancid. about what is that about i think he's just sort of like this universal fuck boy <laughs> like it doesn't matter gender sexuality stars or stripes like he is going to fuck with you so hard like i mean later he says should we take selfies and get weird which <laughs> another perfect line from this universal fuck boy also such an indie sleaze thing to do <laughs> like five years too late but selfies and get weird i could definitely see him as like he kind of is like a washed up relic of that era like he's like partying with Corey kennedy back in the day like yeah maybe that's what it is but mimi rose and ace are very similar people as we come to see because like mimi rose has this truly insane idea for her and hannah to split a cab and then ace and adam to split a cab right so she wants her new boyfriend and her old boyfriend to I guess compare notes while she and Hannah do the same it's very suspicious and just seeing the different kinds of um like Mimi Rose's psycho-ness coming out in the cab and then Ace's Ace's psycho-ness is a lot less palatable to me like he fucks with Adam or kind of i mean seriously semi-jokingly is like i'm gonna win mimi rose back i'm still in love with her like i always win her back and adam like obviously has a raged out response to this ace basically tells adam that mimi rose's whole thing is an act he says she pretends she's some sweet weirdo girl from maine with bitten up lips and asperger's (laughs) 
Oh, and then he later says, um, he kind of comes at Adam and then says, I would never call you a mother ever for serious. It's not my jam. So <laughs> also playing these mind games. This guy, I just, if I ever met a guy like this in real life, I would run in the opposite direction. Yeah, I... I, I mean, same with Mimi Rose Howard. I love her in the cab asking uh, the cab driver what his name is. Very, very normal thing to do. But the the tone, the tenor, is your name Adim? That's a beautiful name. Like it's so condescending. Yeah, yeah, yep. It's like, I hate, it's such a like an, I don't like using the word ick, but it's such an ick for me when people try to force that kind of connection on you it's like yeah. I think it's like emotional neediness in a way that that just like that wholesale is not something I like but she's no. she's such a weirdo like I did love her getting up in Hannah's face in like a sweet but menacing way about her not liking the show mm-hmm. it is true but just kind of yeah forcing this intimacy and Hannah retorts, the show was perfect. It was Beyonce to me. <laughs> uh, oh, oh my gosh. And then we can't forget Mimi Rose telling Hannah that she got sucked into write, writing a stupid book, a psychosexual thriller from the perspective of a dead woman trying to solve her own murder using hologram technology that she invented. <laughs> I don't uh, understand what Mimi Rose's job is. She doesn't have one. somehow can like make these like art installations and do guest lectures and get a book deal to write the worst thing you've ever heard like her agent must be incredible yeah I also think I mean she's she's a rich person I think we're supposed to gather um I don't know the fact that she's from Maine means something to me she could be like kind of bunkport royalty or whatever like the Kennedys I, I don't think Hannah ever admits to actually not liking the show no never once um the big like inflection point of the episode hits when the cab hits an old woman after hannah is like can you go this way instead mimi rose endears herself to everyone so it's impossible to blame her for anything or impossible to be mad at her but her like desire for connection also supersedes like basic rationality she asked the like fallen woman her name before she's like officers come help <laughs> like, right yep it's a perfect detail about Mimi Rose that she gets every single person's name to establish this phony sense of connection like it's it's she thinks she can see into strangers souls she's just she's a different kind of narcissist from Hannah yeah. but she's a narcissist. if Hannah Hannah's like a narcissist that sucks energy towards her and Mimi Rose somehow like pushes it out onto other people Mm -hmm. like Mimi Rose has a more complex agenda than Hannah does because she just is kind of a more complex mature person let's say but and I think she's figured out how to get what she wants oh yeah clearly like this scene in well in the deli when Mimi Rose is like, do you resent me for dating Adam? Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that is a really forward question to ask. And also, you know the answer to that, too. Of course. And 
yeah it, it's it's hard to i mean she's just not a she's not making a case for herself here but neither is hannah at least hannah is sort of mature about it is like i don't really blame you i blame adam for moving on so quickly and not having the decency to like tell me about any of this and that's mature sure sure but also using like she's like i would never blame a woman for this i'm like okay well that's just kind of like like yeah don't blame the woman but that's also kind of like pseudo academic bullshit yeah. too she's doing some some phony feminism the scene in the laundromat mm-hmm. after well, they after they steal a coconut popsicle because yeah. the bodega man won't let her use the bathroom so I, why, first of all why are you going to steal a popsicle from the bodega when the cops are right outside i i guess because they're literally dealing with a ailing yeah popsicle theft is not really high on uh the de blasio crime crackdown i guess it's not so mimi rose while hannah's in the bathroom at the laundromat writes a stranger a poem and puts tries to put it inside the dryer this woman's narcissism knows no bounds and uh the woman is thrilled and charmed by Mimi Rose, of course, and offers to read Hannah the poem. And Hannah's like, I told you I'm not in the mood for a poem right now. And the woman storms away because, of course, strangers hate Hannah. That is what we learn in this episode, that strangers love Mimi Rose and they hate Hannah. Yeah, it which just like widens the gulf between them to this kind of breaking point. Um where she like starts like storming away from Mimi Rose and Mimi Rose is like do you want Adam back like dangles the carrot in front of her and offers to work out an arrangement to transfer Adam to Hannah essentially I think the character of Hannah a few seasons ago would have been like yes let's do this but Hannah as she's evolved now says you are crazy because Mimi Rose says we can like I'll slowly distance myself from him and you'll grow closer maybe you'll grow closer through a shared creative project this this is incredibly manipulative map (laughs) yeah (laughs) what Hannah refers to as a beaver trap (laughs) yes I mean which is true and then Mimi Rose says are you mad because you gave up on art or because you gave up on Adam or both which is just damn asshole (laughs) what an asshole <laughs> like yeah she her manipulation like ace has her clocked mm-hmm. but like we see that adam really just has no chance with this woman because she is just two steps ahead at all times and like mm-hmm. she she is the puppet master she mimi rose is the puppeteer but also- they do come to a nice little detente mm-hmm when Mimi Rose talks about her art show and like how she perceives her own failures. Yeah. I, before they, before they reach that point though, when she's explaining her art show, she oh, says, yeah. Oh, it's again, there's no clip. She's, tr- she's explaining it in a very uh, press releasey way. She says, I saw a picture from the 1940s and Hannah goes, well, that has fucking nothing to do with what we're talking about. Thank God goes on to uh, explain how this photo um like 
had a little girl on it uh and they didn't have a name she didn't have a name and she just wondered what her name was and now it's what did she say it's easier not to know someone's name which is oh okay (laughs) sure it's very first thought like but there is something I mean it's kind of tough to read if Mimi Rose is ever being serious about anything also I can see how this manipulative woman would be like I don't I feel like I'm like putting such a wall up around myself that like I don't actually know how to connect with other people without hearing a story about them. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I'm also starting to connect. I mean, this is so obvious. I don't know. I mean, I should have seen it sooner, but the na- the whole art project and Mimi Rose asking everyone their name. Duh. Duh. This is a continuation of her art project. <laughs> Like, her whole life is an art project in a way. Like, her whole life is performance art. I wasn't sure if she was being serious, especially when she said, I just want to make something that says something, and I don't know why anymore. That seemed serious to me, and that seemed very in line with Hannah. Like, I like that this is showing us that these two characters are more alike than they seem. Like, they're polar opposites. Hannah's like the antithesis of Mimi Rose from a stranger's point of view but they're the same you know they both are kind of like have made the story around themselves that they're artists they're writers and now they're like well I actually have nothing to say and I don't know why I want to do this anymore they're trying to like leverage their narcissism into something impactful like a legacy and that's easier (laughs) said than done (laughs) take it from Um, someone who's tried (laughs) we're trying right now um (laughs) So when they get to the bar, Hannah tells Adam that she loves Mimi Rose. Oh, wait, before that, we should, um, there is a little scene with Adam and Jessa, where Mm -hmm. Jessa reveals that the only reason she set Adam and Mimi Rose up was to get Ace to fall in love with her. Yeah, so Mimi Rose X Ace for those, uh, just so everyone's following. Yeah. Which is so, I mean, just the layers of manipulation here psycho (laughs) like hannah or jessa is the same as mimi rose and mimi rose is the same as hannah they're kind of like a triangle they all overlap in different ways it is this like would you ever do this no i mean i don't think i would even ever think to do it like not i i don't think i would be uh mean enough to do it I, i i know i wouldn't be mean enough to do it but i think I wouldn't be smart enough to do it either (laughs) like I don't there's too much there it's such like a sitcom plot too like you can't really make that actually work in real life yeah I mean Jessa just thinks she's living in a fairy tale which you know sometimes she is a tragic fairy tale yeah a lot of those old old ones were really uh were terrible so Hannah tells Adam she loves Mimi Rose and they kind of like have a little peace agreement. And the episode ends very poetically with Hannah getting a falafel, trying to ask the cashier his name. And he's he just doesn't play ball. I love that. I mean, again, the whole the theme throughout of the, you know, ask me my name, Mimi Rose getting everyone's name, everyone being charmed by Mimi Rose. And then Hannah immediately shut down by this man. Like, I don't want to tell you my name. I'm. She's not a she's not a 
sympathetic character and she's really rough around the edges yeah like she she tries to walk in Mimi Rose's shoes for a little bit but they don't fit and she just Mm -hmm. casts them off yeah and she also maybe tries to play this kind of manipulative game with Fran oh definitely they're all kind of doing a different flavor of manipulation yeah this was definitely kind of a like a sex farce in a way that <laughs> girls doesn't always do but i was t- i love this episode like stealthily a really great episode mm-hmm. yeah i i really love this episode i the ask me your name shtick is so funny i love when they make fun of the art world <laughs> that's also the title of that actual episode of girls proper and uh-huh. according to our podcast naming convention will be the title of this episode too so think the the layers the levels the through lines of all of it this podcast episode will be studied in college classes metatextual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um so i guess we gotta move on to our final segments which girl were you in this app this was really tough because i I usually see myself in Hannah, regretfully, but I did not this episode. Um, so maybe maybe Marnie calling Hannah out and wearing um, a terrible uh, half up, half down hairdo and thinking it's working. Or Jessa kind of engaging with the art in a <laughs> incredulous way. Like she cannot believe what she's witnessing. Maybe yeah. those two, but I, I really don't know. I had kind of a similar lack of identification this episode, but I think I landed on, I am kind of a Mimi Rose. Like, wow. I'm very direct uh, when there is conflict. Um, like, I can be pretty avoidant, but, like, when I need to, like, get to the bottom of something, like, I would, I'm, I would definitely ask someone, like, do you resent me for dating Adam? Like uh, that, which is not something I love about myself, but like that. that. Yeah. Um, fit check. Yeah. I've said it already. Hannah's lizard shirt was tremendous. Um, I, on the more positive end, I really liked what Jessa was wearing. What was, remind me. It was just chic. It was like a chic black puffy sleeve dress with, and I think her hair always looks good, but like she had like cool hair jewelry. I don't know. It was just good luck. Good luck for Jessa. She always, I mean, she pretty much always looks good. Yeah. I honestly, nothing really stood out to me. So I I might have to plead the fifth on this one. Maybe, maybe um, Ace's toothbrush in his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the leather, the leather cap. Yeah. Really just a crazy, crazy thing to do in public um who are your mvp and your lvp for the week i maybe mvp would be adam because he's kind of starting to see through the bullshit and he kept his composure when hannah came she was he was angry but um you know didn't completely go bonkers like he has done in the past mm-hmm. and then lvp is mrh mimi rose howard because she is so so annoying in this episode and i mean i loved it i hated it i couldn't watch it i ate it up complicated relationship 
that well we got to get on the fan cam then like, i know okay we really I we mean, love to hate her she needs um she needs like a beef flow mix fan cam set to her right now um really adding it to my to-do list <laughs> similarly i think we actually kind of had like mirrored mvp lvp because my mvp was fran for knowing his worth and like cutting through the bullshit immediately and removing himself from the situation that is oh, maturity okay. and my lvp was hannah for acting really fucking annoying <laughs> this episode like again it's the it's the parallels the hannah mrh through line we will have to save a spot at the lvp table in future episodes for ace though because like i mm -hmm. i forgot how annoying he was and uh there's no way that's not gonna explode into something in the next few episodes yeah i feel like we we, we need some we need a biggest clown award class clown maybe oh. in, we'll, we'll talk through this i, I actually have some ideas <laughs> <laughs> sneak sneak peek of uh what's to come i actually got a sneak peek of what's to come next week um i watched the first three minutes of next week's episode just because it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series i will not spoil what it's about but i think we have a truly fantastic episode next week and uh not to spoil who's going to be joining us but we have our first return guest actually I, I think it's going to be great, especially since the first time we had him, we were still like we had training wheels on. We were still on uh, Spotify Live. R.I.P. Spotify Live. <laughs> um, but we're back in the saddle next week uh, with that special guest and potentially another special guest. So you'll just have to see who that is. Um, we never plug our own socials at the end. Should we do that this time? <laughs> Sure. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm all on private right now. For some reason, I haven't mm -hmm. quite figured out. But if you want Julia Gray, okay, um, Gray with an A, and I'll accept you if you uh, look like you're not a bot or a hacker. <laughs> and where's the TikTok? Oh, okay. So the TikTok is, I think it. Let me double check. I think it's Girls Room Pod. But um, you wait. Let's see. It is girls.room.podcast. Love. That's easy to remember because our mm -hmm. podcast is called Girls Room. And yes. we're a podcast. So put those three things together. And, you cannot uh, forget. Yeah. So you'll find my backlit ass <laughs> on here while Julia looks like radiant and stunning. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FKPigs with a Z. Don't expect good content, but it's there. Um, you have good... No, you have great tweets. Don't, <sighs> don't sell yourself short. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I don't think so. Um, I, I don't want good tweets. I just don't... I don't see that for me. <laughs> like, okay, the way well. I think is not good, necessarily. Um, and then, uh, please rate and review. And subscribe. Tell always. your friends, as always. Uh, until then, uh, we will see everyone next week. Bye. All right, bye, everyone.